This is Safety Bri, your number one safety geek. Why do we have the behaviors that we do? Superheroes in the workplace, right? All of those things that go into making you an effective safety manager. I love what we do. Motivation, learning, teaching, training, teamwork. I geek out over that just as much as I do safety. Hello, 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 my safety friends. Welcome to the Safety Geek Podcast, episode 12. This is Safety Bry, your number one safety geek, and I hope today you have no surprises, that it's going exactly how you have planned. I will tell you, I had the biggest surprise this morning. This is not related to our subject whatsoever, but I have got to share it because it is too funny and all related to safety somehow. But anyway, um, my habit every morning is to clean the kitchen. And my son is in college and he was awake this morning with me in the kitchen as I was cleaning it. And all of a sudden he shouts out in surprise. And I'm like, what? And he's like, there's a frog in the kitchen. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, no big deal. You know, you get those little tiny tree frogs every so often. And I can understand them coming, you know, getting through the cracks and crevices of sliding glass doors and stuff like that. He's like, no, mom, it's a big frog. I mean, and then this thing hops out and it is literally like the size, it would, it fits in your hand. It will fit in one hand, but it was a big darn frog. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. And he's freaking out trying to catch the frog, which has then gone under the stove. And then it comes out from the stove, goes under the, the refrigerator comes out from the refrigerator, goes into the pantry, which then it tracks like all that dirt and dust from under your fridge across the kitchen and then into the living room. And I'm like, just kind of scooch it out. It's no big deal. And he's like, you're so calm. And we ended up getting the frog out and thank God he was home. I didn't have to deal with it. But I just thought it was so funny. And then looking back at it, I was like, when emergencies happen, which not that a frog in the kitchen is an emergency, but when an emergency happens, I get so calm. I get like, hey, we just need to do what needs to be done. And I think that's kind of reverting back to training. You know, so like I've, I've felt the same, like dealing with amputations, dealing with fatalities, dealing with serious injuries. I get this calmness over me because everybody around me is like in the chaos and the excitement and the drama of the moment. And I'm like, you're not thinking straight. You need to be calm so that way you can handle what needs to to happen, right? And think clearly about the situation. That's what with the frog, I was just like, you're freaking out trying to get the frog out from under things. If you just stay calm, the frog is going to come out on its own. And then just have a bowl ready to catch it so you can bring it outside. So I wasn't like freaking out over it. So that was the surprising thing that happened to me today. And it set the tone for my day because it was so comical. And, you know, most days are all the same. So it's nice to have a little different, especially when that little different isn't a serious injury. You know what I'm saying? So anyway... Let's get back on task. Today, what I wanted to talk to you about was employee committees and why they're important and kind of just the basics of it. I can talk employee committees for hours, hours. I love them. 
But let's just go over a rough bird's eye view of employee committees. So some states within the United States, and I think some countries as well, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if like Ireland and England actually require them. But some states do require that the operations have an employee committee. And they even might even mandate how that committee is formed, which I'm not a fan of because I don't like to handcuff anybody into a certain methodology. I believe that every business and every operation is different. And the ultimate goal is employee involvement. And you can create that however it looks like in your facility. But some states like to mandate certain things. So there are mandates to have employee committees, but if you're not under man a mandate to do it, why would you even have an employee committee? Because honestly, they are some work. So you better be getting some benefits out of it, right? So what I will tell you is that employee committees are amazing to have because they open that communications channel between employees and management. And it gives you a totally different insight on the operations. Like you might be thinking certain things are going on at your facility, but when you have the committee that is running the right way, you're getting a lot more insight in in your operations. And lastly, it's a way for employees to be involved in the safety program. And when employees are involved in the safety program, your program is 100% better because it's easier to implement any new processes or procedures or any initiatives that you're doing because you're getting buy-in right from the beginning by having the employees involved. So we'll go on to a whole nother episode about employee involvement because I'm so big on it. Now, I do call them employee committees. This is actually a new thing for me as opposed to calling them just safety committees. And the advantage of doing that, of calling them employee committees, is that it emphasizes the importance of employee. They should be an employee-run and driven meeting. So when I say to a lot of locations, I'll say to them, well, do you have a safety committee? And they'll say yes. And they'll show me the minutes and everything. I'll be like, okay, well, who's on the committee? And more, more times than not, It is a handful of management, people that are salaried employees, with maybe one or two hourly employees. That that does not give you the same employee involvement benefits as having it opposite, where you have a large group of employees with one or two members of management. So when you call it an employee committee, it kind of emphasizes the fact that it is for and by the employees. And it differentiates it from a manager's meeting, which is something else you're probably having anyway. And it's not that you can't include management in your employee committees. It's just you kind of want it to be understood that this is a committee for the employees and it's driven by the employees. And also when you call it an employee committee as opposed to a safety committee, it allows other areas of discussion. So if it is a safety committee meeting and they want to talk about quality, people might be apt to say, well, that's not, this is not the forum for that. When really it is, because safety should be entwined in everything we do. Safety should not be seen as a separate entity. And when you pull it out and call it just a safety committee, that's what you're doing. You're saying safety is different than quality or safety is different than operations, when really safety is entwined in all of those. So calling it an employee committee kind of gives it that advantage. Now, there are different kinds 
of committees you can have. And this is where I like to kind of look at your operation and say what fits best for what you do and for where we can get the most participation, right? And where we can get the most effective participation. Because sometimes you might choose to have just like one employee committee that is safety related. You might decide, no, we're calling it a safety committee. Um, And you might choose to get like one person from every area and dump them all into one committee. I see this more times than not, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you have a very large organization, it might be better to have department committees, right? It might be better to have a committee for the warehouse, a committee for the transportation department, a committee for the manufacturing, a committee for, you know, the construction people, whatever it happens to be. So looking at your operation, say, hey, do we want to have multiple committees or do we want to have just one committee? (laughs) So think about that. Um, Some regulations actually require certain committees as well. Like if you are a process safety management type of organization where you have a chemical that falls under process safety management, you're actually required to have a PSM committee. So that might be separate from your normal employee committee. Um, another kind of committee you can have is based on either a project or a topic. So I was talking to some employees, I think it was a GE plant. Um, I don't know, it wasn't GE. It was a pharmaceutical company. But anyway, I was talking to them and they had uh, a problem with the gloves that were being worn at the facility. So they created a project committee of employees to research different gloves, try out different gloves, come up with a solution to the glove problem, and then promote the new glove initiative. Once that was done, and they told me it took about six weeks, the committee disbanded. So it was basically a project-oriented committee. So instead of having one that meets every single month, you could do this on like basic topics. So if you find a problem area within your facility, you throw together a committee for it for a short term. I love this idea because one of the problems with employee involvement and using just a a safety committee or an employee committee to meet it is that generally you only get a handful of employees involved. For every committee, you're only going to have this small handful of employees When you do multiple project committees throughout the year, so let's say you do four of them, you are getting four times the amount of employees involved. So it's really spreading it around because the more employees you can get involved in your safety program, the better. So I absolutely love that idea. Okay, so how, now you know the structure, you know how you want your committee, what kind of committee you want to have. How are you going to organize that committee? What is the, you know, structure within that committee? So what I want you to keep in mind is that it is supposed to be an employee committee. (laughs) That means that an employee should be in charge. The safety manager can be a member of the committee, but it's an employee committee, so it should be employee run and driven. That means an employee should be the chairperson and employee should be the co-chair. I know a lot of people don't like that structure because they feel like their employees aren't competent enough to lead a committee meeting. Um, And I would say to that, you have to give them a chance. You know, so you can be, as a safety manager, you can say, this is the goal we want to get to. I am going to be here to help you every step of the way. But eventually, 
we want a chairperson and I just want to be a member of the committee. Because the reason why this is so important is that first, it is an employee committee, so it's actually showing that you're giving them authority and and you're giving them, you know, you're empowering them to run the committee. But you want your committee to meet on a regular basis, usually, right? And it's very easy for you as the safety manager to get pulled away. It's very easy for maybe an accident to happen and you can't attend the meeting or, you know, the head of your company needs to talk to you or you're working off site and the meeting doesn't happen because you are not there. The best committees are the ones that happen whether you're there or not. So when you're not the chairperson, you don't have to be there and the committee's going to go on and do their thing and it's going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right. So have that vision. And then once you have your co-chair, your chair and your co-chair set up, the next step is to develop a committee charter or a mission statement. This is basically a document that says, this is what the committee's goal is. These are the roles and the responsibilities. And here's basically the SOP of how we run this committee, right? And that becomes a living document. But In my committees, what I used to like to do is always start by stating the mission statement of the committee. So it kind of reminded everybody that, hey, this is an official meeting and this is our mission. And it allows everybody at that meeting to stay to say, okay, let's let's honor what this mission is and make sure that all of our decisions are based on that mission. So we read it every single month. It was awesome. All right. Next. Once you have your committee in place, everybody has signed the charter, everybody agrees on the mission statement, the next thing you need to determine is your quorum. And a quorum says you need to have this amount of amount of people present in order for it to be a meeting. Because that happens so much, doesn't it? You set your employee committee meeting and you, you go to the meeting and it's like you and one other person has shown up. Because a big order came in and all the employees got busy and they couldn't be taken away to come to this to the committee meeting or management didn't show up or anything like that. When you actually have a quorum, it gives authority to the committee. It makes everybody at that organization understand that this isn't just a meeting to have a meeting. We actually need people present and we have things that we have to maintain attendance and it shows commitment to the employee committee. So I love having that quorum. And one of the things I like to say is that my my quorum should always be more employees than management. Like when I'm looking at who should be in my meetings, I always want to have more employees than management. So what I, if I set my quorum to be five people, I still want it to be more employees than management. Because you can have a quorum of like three to five people, and then the only people that show up is management. Well, I still don't have a quorum then can't have the meeting. It kind of forces them to allow the employees to come to the meeting too. Okay. Another way to make sure that your meetings happen every month is have these regular meetings. So you set the same day of every month. It's the fourth Thursday, you know, the second Tuesday, the same day. It just works best. You can do it monthly You could do it weekly. So if you're doing like a small six-week project meeting, then it would be like we have a meeting every Wednesday at 9. Every Wednesday at 9 for six weeks. 
for 30 minutes. And usually if you meet weekly, it's a shorter meeting. But if you meet monthly, you want it to be about 45 minutes to 60, 45 to 60. I would, I try to stick all of my meetings at 45 minutes because um, research has shown that after 45 minutes, the brain just kind of goes numb. People start losing focus anyway. Uh, they're not going to pay attention to those last 15 minutes. Think about classrooms. That's why they kind of break up the the students. So that way, every 45 minutes, they're either, I, we do block schedules at our school. So the classes are an hour and a half long, but after 45 minutes, they're either like taking a break or changing the subject, or they are, you know, going to lunch or something like that. So if you're having like an all day long safety meeting, every 45 minutes, you should be taking a break because the brain just doesn't, it needs that break in order to comprehend what's coming in. So I keep it to that. But if it's doing it like a, um, a shorter weekly meeting, then I would just do 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes once a week, you meet on a, on, on a weekly basis and then move on, All right? Another thing I like to have my committees do is report to the executives. So I advocate for an executive advisory committee that talks about safety once a month and then have the chairperson of the employee committee's report to that advisory committee. So what I want you to think of is that your executive advisory is you know, approving and giving resources to the safety program. So part of those resources is allowing employees to participate in employee committees. So having the employee committee report back to the advisory committee shows them that they are being effective and that it's a good use of their time. And we are creating our leaders of tomorrow. That's what employee committees do. That's actually one of the benefits to the organization is that the people that are on the employee committees tend to be the employees that would get selected for any leadership roles in the future. Now, I've never seen them do that on purpose. You know, like a supervisory role comes open. I've never seen them go, well, let's go to the committee and see who they have. But what happens is that the committee members are already so loyal and they have so much pride in the work and they're so ingrained in the operations already that when they apply for these positions, they end up being the better candidates. So it's our job, kind of, right, in these employee committees to build our leaders of tomorrow. So allowing them to take point as a chairperson and a co-chair, allowing them to take point to report back to the executive advisory committee, it doesn't take anything away from you. So some people think the safety manager, uh, like, oh, no, I have to do this reporting and I have to leave the committee because that's my job and it shows that I know how to do my job. It does not take anything away from you. In fact, when you allow the employees to step up and be these chair people and do the report to the executive advisory, it shows you, it shows that you are a good leader. It actually makes you look better than if you were trying to do it all yourself. And I'm pretty sure I said this in another podcast, but you are not a leader until you create a leader who has created a leader. And one way you can create a leader is by creating somebody to lead your safety committee or your employee committee, right? Now, another idea that I want to put past you is having a combined structure for your committees, right? So let's say that you decide at your operation 
the best thing to do is to have multiple committees. Oh, I just hit the mic. I'm sorry. To have multiple committees and, you know, one for every department. You can have the chairperson of every department report in to a main committee. So that's keeping everybody on board. So that's an idea too. So you can have those multiple committees and then you have a main committee that everybody reports into. Then it's that main committee that talks to the executive advisory, right? Now, the last thing I wanted to touch base on was recognizing your committee. We generally don't pay our committee members. They're employee volunteers, but you do want to recognize them in some way, shape, or form. So that could be, you know, putting a posting in the break room. Um, I've seen hard hat stickers, badges, t-shirts. You know, I'm a big fan of bringing my committee members to safety conferences or giving them first dibs on training. You know, when you have the fire department come out and you're doing fire extinguisher training and they get to put out a fire, everybody can't put out the fire. So you generally have to select a few people. First dibs on that are your are your employee committees. So anyway, that's all I wanted to touch base on today. I'll tell you, I could talk about committees for hours. I try to collect as many good ideas as possible because I know it is something people struggle with. And in fact, I am creating a training on how to create an employee committee, an effective one, an amazing one. It should be releasing in a couple weeks. So to get notified of when that is available, make sure that you hop on to my mailing list where I give you all of the tools and strategies for getting management support and commitment and building safety culture. And the easiest way to get on that mailing list is by downloading my new idea book, which is called The Five Surprising Ways to Make Employees Crazy for Safety. And you can get that by going to asksafetygeek.com forward slash five ways. Five can be the letter or it could be spelled out. There's a link in the show notes. Um, You can also see it on the website and all that good stuff. But that is all that I have for you today, guys. Thank you so much, and you have a great day. And keep the frogs out of your kitchen. Bye. Check out the show notes and links for this week's show at www.asksafetygeek.com. Hey, did you know that there's an Ask Safety Geek Facebook group? You can find it on the Safety Geek page at facebook.com forward slash Geek. Be sure to join the group where we share safety manager stories and best tips and tricks within the community. Thanks for listening and have a safe day. Talk to you soon.